Hey, Coach Barnett, sorry. We know this episode is a day late. We need your compassion. We've just been through so much recently. You know, watching your head coaching tenure. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who couldn't be bothered to show up to the meeting, Kevin Greck. Greckers, how are you doing? We did, in fact, show up late to the nuptials. We we did. We did. Uh, in fact, um, the... <laughs> are we sharing... Are we sharing wedding much, stories already? Much like the players, apparently, to any meeting Harlan Barnett calls, we were strolling in as the music was playing. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Plum gave me what, what turned out to be a sincere compliment about my outfit. But as a Midwestern male, I don't know how to accept those. I just go into, you know, I just lash out. Uh, so I flipped him the bird as I walked into the chapel <laughs> and his mom saw it. <laughs> it's like, oh. that was the first of many charming things I'm sure I had to say uh, between the ceremony and the reception. So, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. I'm sure you'll notice listeners, he's not here for you. He's got stuff going on still. Well, we, um, we should, I, I think it's fair to say that we told him on Sunday that we were going to record on Monday to which he said, oh, I can be there. And yeah. then today texts, yeah, we were just Love. out and about all day. So yeah. I just don't want to, is what he said. <laughs> and you know what? Who could blame him? Uh, so we are plum list, but, uh, and we, I'm sure we will chat more about the wedding. I think there's questions about it, but um, obviously uh, I didn't care enough to write this down on a card, but a sincere congratulations to to Alex and Jason. And we're very happy for them. It was a lovely day. Yeah. I didn't uh, bother to write anything down on a card uh, either. Um, (laughs) I don't have anything from me yet. (laughs) That card Uh, box is light. At least (laughs) one, at least one over there. Or two. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> this we're, this is an e card he's receiving. He's receiving an e card right now. Right. We had to make sure that the that the open bar was up up to the task before we could you know go making a a wedding gift commitment. Yeah, I needed to see what we were dealing with. Uh, Plum did uh, uh, also make sure that there was fireball there though. For that, he should be celebrated. So yeah. Um. All right. Uh. We do want to thank everyone for listening, and I don't know what's wrong with you at this point in time. If you are listening to not rock bottom yet, Uh, but anyway, uh, if we could ask a small favor as we head into basketball season, uh, share the pod with Spartans in your life, uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. Kevin, um, we we are collecting new listeners, so uh, I'll just... Briefly say, uh, the show breaks down into a few segments. First, we have the Green Wall, where we cover sports that are happening at Michigan State. Uh, we've got, obviously, football to talk about. We've got some basketball-ish to talk about. We've got some women's soccer to talk about, and we've got some hockey to talk about. 
then we're going to head off Grand River where we talk about the wider world of sports. Um, normally, we would preview some games. I think we're going to have a meta conversation about previewing Minnesota. Uh, so it'll either be a really good conversation or a lot of navel gazing. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to finish the show. It'll with- be higher quality than whatever preview we would have you know, that, produced. And honestly, the air, so I like that. Uh, and yeah, then, um, we, uh, we're going to take some Twitter questions. So, uh, Greenwall, Kevin, we watched this game from my phone. Yeah. In the middle of a wedding. ESPN commercial. Yeah. At a table with people that seemed to delight in the fact that we were doing this, um, and delight in our misery the entire mm-hmm. time that was mm-hmm. uh it was a nice little twofer mm-hmm. um and then others from M- from our time at msu would just sort of check in occasionally you know and see mm-hmm. is is everything going as well as it was before and the answer was always yes yes yeah it continues to trend in the same direction yeah so um I don't know. Normally, you know, we try and split things up into offense, defense, special teams. But uh, here's things to know. The offense did nothing. I believe didn't make it past the 40-yard line uh, at any point during the game. On defense, I believe we stopped Michigan from scoring once or twice. Congrats. And then on special teams... We managed to again have an illegal formation on an a illegal punt. formation. I believe that's three games in a row with an illegal formation on special teams on a punt specifically, which means they're in the same formation each time. Yeah. Oh my god. And oh <laughs> my god. So I. So I think there's a degree to which it's like, what do you even say? Um, mm-hmm. because in a ass kicking that catastrophic, like what is there really to talk about? And when you combine that ass kicking with the ineptitude and inability to win games that we've seen thus far this season, like I, what could we even comment on? So right. I, I got a couple micro things, but is there, what would you, what would you like to talk about? Well, remember last week, I think we started to give Scotty Hazleton and the defense a little bit of credit. Um, mm, yeah, that was funny. I'd like to I'd like to rescind that um, yeah. because what I was watching on defense was a Michigan offense that could just do whatever it wanted at will with almost really no uh, pushback from this team at all. No resistance whatsoever. Uh, and on offense, I, you know, honestly, I didn't really see the offense because they were never on the field because they couldn't do anything. So, yeah, my word, I, like we've seen these types of drubbings before. Usually they come at the hands of an Ohio State or an Alabama or something like sure. that. So I've got, you know, I've got the bloody taste in my mouth from uh, years past. But to to have it on a day like this in your own house against that team mm-hmm. does 
does have a little bit of an extra sting to it. But not, I have to say, not as much as the, you know, is is the humiliations that we've suffered previously. I think that those numbed me so much that this was just sort of like, yeah, the miracle didn't happen. So be it. Yeah. Um, Do unto me as you will. Yeah. Uh, we should also talk about how you, you might've had a little bit of optimism going into the game. Um, I announced maybe- to anyone that would listen that we were going to win. But we didn't. No, we, di- we didn't at all. There was, uh, there was no winning or anything even resembling winning at any point. Yeah. Uh, so I think a few things were uh, noteworthily bad in this game from a defensive perspective. One is um, we have to talk about it. Cal Halliday. Mm-hmm. Cal Halliday. It was uh, fun seeing the highlights of him getting just juked out of his socks, torched. Like he's not wearing, you know, gloves or cleats because he he lost everything. Um, Yeah. Can, cannot, cannot maintain coverage. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, I think one of the things that I'm realizing maybe about, um, schematically, how Scotty runs his defense is that there's not real great ways to hide Cal Halliday on defense. In, it's in these pass protection situations. Yeah. And, and it's not as if Michigan state hasn't had other linebackers in the past who were very talented in some, in some ways, but also were not fantastic in pass coverage. Um, but that schematically uh, our defensive coordinators did a little bit more to try and help them out. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, It, it, every time I looked up, it it looked like a tight end was just. That was a really humiliating thing is that it was tight ends doing this to him. It wasn't some kind of weird coverage where he was on like a slot receiver or something like that. Oh, nope. God. Uh, so there's that. Um, they. Um, on offense, I think we got to talk about Kate Hauser a little bit. And. He's a redshirt freshman, so there's. Only so much that I feel comfortable. Uh, Bad mouthing. Mm-hmm. Him for. But. Anyone who's watching that game, he floats the ball a little bit, and 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 I guess for folks who maybe don't know what I mean by that, like his arm strength isn't thus far that high. There's not a lot of zip on that potato, and yeah. so uh, it hasn't. Compl- I mean, it's bit him in some ways, but like it, I mean, he hasn't gotten totally crushed by it but it, we've seen plenty of flirtations that, to. yeah <laughs> yeah and so i just uh i i don't know you know we've we've talked before 
and, and I think there's maybe more of this conversation. I think we were early on this conversation that there needs to be a real honest to God moment of who's got more upside between Kate and Hauser and Sam Levitt. Yeah. And you need to make sure that they stay that person. And if it's, yeah, not, if it's, one. yeah. And you might be better off gambling at this point in time as to who it is like, cause you're not going to get full tape really, you know, so to speak on either one of them. Um, but Sam Levitt well, we comes into the last drive. We were told in today's uh, press conference that Kane Hauser is still the starting quarterback at Michigan state. So great. And you know what? They made that move maybe a game too late on Noah Kim. So can't wait. Um, the, so those are my, I think my, my two things, uh, The I I can't even get mad about the special team stuff anymore because it's just like he's actively stealing money, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we should probably just send pamphlets to like various, you know, scholarship opportunities and other things that he, you know, special teams coach coach Ross Sells could probably do to give back to the community. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, maybe the, the Lansing humane society could use like a wing, uh, put on it. Um, so maybe the, the boys and girls club, um, I don't want him to volunteer his time there. Let me be clear about that. I don't want to have any interest in him, you know, having a direct, um, uh, interaction with the youth of, of Lansing, but he is just taking money from the university, uh, public university being, uh, funded by taxpayers. And, um, it would be the right thing to do Ross for you to make a substantial donation of some kind, uh, back into the community because it is shameful um, at this point in time. And I understand that you need that cash, my man, because the tape's out on you and we're not, they're not lining yeah, this, up for you. This um, is your last job. This might be your retirement situation. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's rough, bud. It's rough. Um, I don't, you know, there's, uh, there's the time they went for it on fourth and two. We continue and, to be uh, the worst fourth down uh, team yeah. in the history of sports. Yeah. Uh, like going uh, back to like Greco-Roman wrestling. If there was some kind of analogous fourth down thing there, truly we would be worse than any team ever assembled for that. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, like a third and one, they did a real deep pitch. I just, you know, Jay Johnson is the fifth highest paid offensive coordinator in the country. I don't know, man. I, I, I like, I'm not even, I can't get mad anymore. I expected that when a head coach gets fired, stuff happens around the team, right? It, it's not going to be an ideal situation anymore. It's a great adversity that needs to be worked sure. through. What it, I truly didn't think it was going to collapse the way that it has with yeah. the Iowa game, the Rutgers game, the Maryland game, this performance today, just 
the team not it's like not even not being competitive it's worse than that it's it's like actively sabotaging itself and i thought that these coaches were professionals and i i thought scotty hazelton said that tucker didn't actually involve himself all that much in the defense anyway not much of a micromanager uh and you know we've got the fifth highest paid offensive coordinator uh, in the country. So I thought maybe they would try to score at some point, you know, perhaps just maybe out of sheer boredom, try to score on occasion, but, uh, no, apparently not. Nope. Uh, so I, I just, uh, you know, I don't know what there is to say about this game that is worth saying. Uh, More, Do you want to talk about yeah. the the list? I, I want to talk about high paid offensive coordinators for for uh, a moment, uh, and the list of available uh, head coaches for MSU. Did you see that Dan Enos got fired from Arkansas mm, after yeah. seven games? Did you see that his buyout is like three and a half million dollars for that, or something like that? Good for him. Dude for moves Dan. down to Arkansas, gets like a I don't know. Gets a gets a little townhouse down there. I'm, and, I'm only going to uh, be here for a couple of months. Now he's out. He's gone, man. He's not there anymore. Uh, but he's cashing that check, and his and his agent has the gall to call up national Twitter personalities and be like, "Don't forget my guy Dan. Make sure that Dan gets a mention as a potential MSU head coaching candidate." <laughs> and Don't the worst part me today. is they print it they print dan enos as a potential candidate man's already fired from his job he's available that's true he's available uh oh God. so yeah i i don't even I think the other thing that I, I'm I'm sort of realizing is that how much the Rutgers loss steeled me against further emotional pain. Like, yeah, it cauterized your, your yeah. heart. It's just scar tissue now, where once there was, you know, beautiful, life giving. You're just dead uh, inside. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just can't find myself to be heated. And, and, and that's the, the sad thing, because this is the one game that I should be upset about yep. the most. And it, there's just such an asterisk on this season, I guess for both teams, really. But yeah, the, <laughs> but that like it just doesn't matter. And. Um, so I've given up and maybe that's the transition point to other people who have given up or do we should maybe circle back to the cold open for a second and chat about Harlan in the post game. Well, okay. Well, you got more. Oh, well, speaking of people that have given up, Simeon Barrow is, uh, team captain. Simeon Barrow is, uh, leaving for the 
transfer portal. Apparently a conversation that has occurred over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There were high hopes for Vespero this season. They were. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe we. Oh, I don't want to leave Michigan for a second. We were promised that our defensive line would be good. They've not been. Yeah. They've not been but good in the past. They've been not been good. So. Um, let's circle back to Simeon here in a second. I just want to chat about Harlan's quote, uh, which he, he stumbled through in the way that Harlan talks, but the gist of it was that he had tried to be compassionate because a lot had happened to his players, but that he was going to start inflicting consequences on people who didn't show up to meetings on time. And I guess, Kevin, are we surprised to find out that that's how things were being run? Um, for the listeners, uh, just to let you in on our lives a little bit more. The morning after the wedding, after the reception and the after party and the after after party, you know, we're waking up. There's, there's like a calm in the room, you know, everyone's just sort of recovering. And the first thing that Mike Jones says to me in a straight voice is Harlan Barnett has announced that there will now be consequences when guys are late for practice. That was, <laughs> that was the first thing that Mike Jones said to another human being Sunday morning. Without looking up from his phone. <laughs> I think uh, I think Harlan you're... Barnett has acknowledged that You got the he, flat infection inflection, but you missed the the exhaustion with it. <laughs> like some of it was hangover, some of it was MSU fandom, some of it was maybe just a little bit drunk still from the yeah. From drinks at, uh, you know, two in the morning or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just so deadpan. And the statement was pathetic. <laughs> the way that it was delivered was pathetic. <laughs> uh, just the, the acknowledgement of like, we have reduced our standards for the last five weeks. But now is the time that I've determined that this is no longer acceptable. It's no more Mr. Nice Guy Harlem Barnett anymore. Thank you very much. It was just such a delight to experience and to and to understand. Um because it was just like what like I don't I guess on one hand, what do you expect him to say? Uh in the in these cases, but it's also just like, this is what you're offering us. It, this is what, this is what you've got. For that, That's for a man without family. answers. That's a right. man without answers. And, you know, it's, if someone had asked him the Bobby Williams question. Yeah. Like, that felt like a different version of the same answer. Correct. Yes. 
I mean, and, but we've been seeing this already. Like, didn't he just ask the media with a little tongue in cheek, but still like, I don't know. You got any, you got any, you got any tips ideas? for me on how to commit fewer personal fouls and, or turnovers? Which I think, you know, I'm th- open. Wasn't there a big one here too? Uh, like a yeah. giant late yeah. hit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a little spikiness on both sides. I, I'm not interested in. And yeah, really going into that, it, it, like neither neither of these teams can pretend that they're fire boys out there. No, um, but I, I mean, it is. I guess I find it frustrating as a yeah. like you're not good enough. I like I want to look at them all and say you are bad. You can't afford to do this. You you don't you've not earned the right to be shitty to them because you're bad at football. It's not that you're bad at football. You're bad at winning football. And, and so, well, in light of that, Mike Jones, Harlan Barnett is implementing a dunce cap. (laughs) And if any of our players do not live up to his lofty standards, they will be placed in the corner with the dunce cap for some time. Oh. So now to Simeon for a second. Because I think this is one in the same. Yeah. Like it's the same it's the same thing. It's just dudes that have given up already but we're pretending that they haven't. Yeah. And which, or do we have I to mean, pretend like, oh, we're doing this for the guys. Oh, you can't give up on these guys. The guys are giving up. The guys are yeah. out. They don't care. Yeah. And, and Am I still going to go to games? Am I still going to watch? Yes. But the guys have given up. They don't care. And, and Simeon Barrow, by the by, is a D'Antonio recruit. Like, so this isn't, you know, someone who hasn't been here a long time or... It, you know, I, I just. And to, to be a team captain. Correct. I, I don't know, man. Like. I get it. Simeon Barrow has been talked about as a uh, as a potential NFL prospect. He probably sees that there's not a real opportunity to. Uh, shine. Um, I guess when, you know, you're the largest threat on the defensive line and, and people can just hone mm-hmm. in on you. Yeah. Cause there's not it's enough good forward. around you. Uh, but, um, I don't know. I don't know that I have to celebrate people who leave. Yeah. I just don't know that I need to say, Wish you well, buddy. Like, thanks for your service. Like, I was talking to my wife's boyfriend about this, and he completely agrees. He, he, but, but then he was like, you know, sometimes it's just better for these guys to go somewhere else. You know, look at, look at Keon Coleman, is what he told me. You know, could have been stuck with the same old, same old, but then he goes out, he gets a fresh new guy, or I think he said team. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know that I'm fully convinced on that. 
but uh yeah i i know that it's like the polite company line to just be like it's tough for these guys out here and they've got to make business decisions but like uh yeah you're okay you're right. nearing the end of your career okay and and also we learned in the new york times there's a lot of nil money uh Listen, there's a NIL uh, piece in the New York Times right now that you can go read, and it heavily features MSU, but not the names that you would think. All new names that I wasn't familiar with that are apparently getting involved in NIL for MSU. So these guys are getting paid. For what product that's being put on the field? I have to, I have to wonder. Yeah, and, and I, I guess if, if we want to start saying it's a business decision, that's great, but I don't need to rah rah the quarterly earnings report of GE like it's yeah. somehow like 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 you're a Tesla fan on the Tesla subreddit, right? Like I I just uh, so um I can't even say that I am super thankful for Simeon Barrow because I'm not sure really what he did this year. So bye. I, I don't know, but thank you. Thank you for, you know, your play over the years, but you know, I think we can criticize that a decision like that as it's made. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And to do it in the middle of the season. Um, yeah. As a, as a, as a captain. Uh, so that leaves one other bullet point for us to chat about. Did you want to just read it? <laughs> LOL Hitler. <laughs> what the outline says. <laughs> this was another fun thing to be at a wedding reception uh, during the game with other MSU alums because the chatter just sort of starts like happening around mm-hmm. you. Like, did you see this? Is this real? There's no way that this is real. And then texts start bouncing around. We're trying to verify with different. And then wouldn't you know it? Because it can't get any worse. Of course it's real. Of course it's real. And of course it's Hitler. Like of all the stupid (laughs) things, like it is such a meme for it to be Hitler. (laughs) So. I guess if you don't know, dear listener, who knows? Bless your heart if somehow you don't know. Here's the story as we currently know it. Um, Michigan State, before the game, did um, uh, ran a little trivia video clip up on the screen. Much in the same way that if you go to a movie theater before the movies start, there will be little trivia questions that pop up. Yeah. Apparently, Michigan State, instead of having some of these questions, I don't know, from, say, the uh, what's the little book that they give out to all the media people uh, with like all the various records? Yeah. Instead of pulling some some stuff from the media guide to throw up there. Well, it's it's all digital now. There is no print media guide anymore, as I understand it. So even even easier to convert it then. Uh, They they just went and ripped off some YouTube channel, uh, like a a trivia thing. And um, one of the questions from this YouTube 
thing was where was Hitler born? Which is an interesting little factoid because it's Austria, people, not Germany. Um, and uh, it's also required knowledge to understand one of the better jokes from the movie Bruno. Um, so now the MSU community has that mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. better understand a good joke from a 12 year old Sasha Baron Cohen film. And so, you know, the uh, response from, I don't, we don't have to talk about the board right this second, but was stupid. Well, we're about to talk about the board a lot. So maybe that's our bridge. Yeah. I mean, we have a couple other sports we need to like actually that have things to celebrate. But uh, I, Alan Haller releases like an eight page statement on this. Like, I, I just, I'm not, it shouldn't have been up there. It's not acceptable. And it, and it, the most important thing is there are apparently very little controls on what goes up on the Spartan Stadium board. So that's a massive concern. And also just the fact that it's just so dumb and so self-inflicted and so unnecessary. There's so on a, brand, really. Th- yeah, there's not a person in the stadium that needed that to be up there. It, it's, it's, if you're in the stadium 81 minutes early, you're not there because you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get the stadium trivia first. Just play nothing. It's just, it's again, it's us going out of our own way to humiliate the the university and our affiliations with it is what's so impressive about this. So it's just, it's not acceptable. We, We have to say that. We have to make sure that that's understood, that it's just not acceptable, especially right now. There's reasons why individuals would be sensitive about seeing Hitler up on the up on the big screen, of course, and they're right to feel that way. Um, But in terms of like. And, you know, maybe we do take this opportunity to talk about the board. Um, I I loved personally how out of their way they made sure to go to be like. In our capacity as the oversight body of the university, it is our duty to make sure that we... Shut up! (laughs) No one wants to hear from you right now. Ever. Shut up. This is... How do you not understand? A report just came out this week from a, a firm looking at the handling of the mass shooting on campus. And one of the main findings of it was that you inserted yourself too much. And we're going to talk about that. That's some more foreshadowing. And then lo, the first thing you do later that week is just like, make sure the people hear from us. Make sure the people know from our oversight governing body. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about us right now. A lot of sad headlines out there. Make sure that we get in there too. Nobody cares about you. 
Alan Haller's statement makes sense. Larson's statement was bad, but it made sense at the time. Just tell us what happened and what we're going to do to fix it. And let's move on from this thing. Can we talk about Alan Haller, though? Because I, I appreciate that Alan Haller is not running the board. Mm-hmm. And, and that the person who runs the board doesn't report into Alan Haller. But this is... We're racking up some L's for Alan. Like... Can you really blame him for this, though? Like... No, but I'm just saying... We're racking up some L's like this, you know, uh, oversight of the multimedia that goes up on on that is something that the athletic department should care about. Yeah, there should be like state there should be policies for this procedures for this. Maybe a 51 page brand guideline might be appropriate. (laughs) Like it's astonishing to me apparently how little oversight there is and what goes up on the board. Cause I thought it was just the same Spartan logos that bounce up and down in front of fire or whatever it was for like five hours. But no, apparently not. It, apparently we'll skim some trivia thing from YouTube and just throw it up there. Uh, it, it's there's, so there's that obviously what happened with Mel Tucker. It's still very unclear. All of Alan's involvement in, in some of that. Um, whether, you know, I, I appreciate that technically speaking, it was Bill Beekman, but when things were working out, Alan Haller certainly liked his name tied to the Mel Tucker hire. Um, there's the contract extension for Mel Tucker that Alan Haller was mm-hmm. very much part of. And then there's the endorsement of SD4L as a, uh, as the official NIL collective that then promptly collapsed. And, uh, and then yet somehow is hosting a tailgate, like, it's like when your boyfriend tells you, or Zill's boyfriend tells you to leave the room and you just stay. Uh, I don't understand I've how they're done that. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't, it, it, it's, and, and he put Harlan Barnett in charge. That was his decision. Yep. And then brought that Mark D'Antonio back and paid him more money. Yeah. For what? For what, Alan? Uh, do we remember when he got all that cash from Caesar Sportsbook and, the, and then his emails came out or his emails were like, my emails won't come out about this, right? And then we read those emails because they became public. That's also yes. on the permanent record, Alan. So confirm I, listener, I, Alan Haller. I don't think he's been listening recently. We've been <laughs> a little, little rough on on our guy, Al. And in fairness, he is like all that we have at the moment in terms of yeah. leadership at the university. Like, well, let's say he quits tomorrow. Are we better off? Are we worse off? I mean, well, even in spite of all of our criticism that we just levied, I think we're worse off, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I, I just, the uh, yes, Hitler shouldn't have been on the screen. It goes without saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the uh, trivia probably just didn't need to happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, but like, let's also, it's fair to say, like, anyone who's making this out to be like 
some sort of massive institutional failure or that Michigan State has some anti-Semitic bent or something or doesn't care about uh, uh, certainly the atrocities that Hitler committed and the, you know, the need that Jewish people have to feel safe. Like, that's crazy. Like, like let's yeah. let's take a chill. Those arguments on that. are not in good faith. And there no. are apparently, I'm learning, a, a number of, uh, you know, national writers who are all too happy to just jump on that wagon. Um, and and it, it's not operating good faith, but this is MSU's moment in the barrel and we are getting it right now. Feels like we've been in that barrel for quite a while. It does. It's like an eight year barrel. That's not how things should And we work. get to peek our heads out occasionally be like peach bowl. Huh? This is nice. And then yeah. they're like right back at the barrel with you. And then we're like, Final uh, four? Huh? this is nice. Right back in the uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Like this game would have been embarrassing enough. And then you threw in a Hitler. Uh, and that just, it feels like the Hitler thing actually was, it was emblematic of this season, just yeah. unforced errors over and over and over. So I don't know. Maybe at some point in time, we'll look back and remember that time. Have a laugh. Yeah. Remember that time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, real quick. There was a green and white scrimmage. Uh, we didn't see it. Uh, we don't have anything to say about it uh, for hoops. Um, we will not be previewing the two exhibition games because they're not going to be run like normal games, but we are playing Hillsdale. I'm going to say anything about that. Um, and Tennessee, the Tennessee game, I think, is trying to uh, uh, raise funds. Put the good, out. yeah, right, and put good karma on the bad karma of paying Hillsdale money um, to play a basketball game. Oh, so sure, those balance uh, out. Okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, of course, we will chat about them. Uh, Hillsdale is on ESPN, or not? Sorry, is on Big Ten Plus, and. Um, it's not clear. Oh, and then, yeah, the Tennessee game is going to be on the big network. Um, yeah. So, uh, folks will be able to watch, which it'll be the first time we've been able to see an exhibition game, uh, you know, on the actual big 10 network. Isn't that nice? What a delight is very nice. Uh, all right. Next up women's soccer, uh, back to back champs in the big 10. This is huge news. Awesome accomplishment. Uh, if you want, to, I don't know. Was this one technically Alan Howler's hire? But this may be the yes. one thing that's that's in his uh, his plus column is that his other hires have been compelling so far. Yeah. So. And on that note, uh, hockey going on the road to take on a top five Boston College team Thursday and Friday of this week, and those games will be on ESPN Plus, I think, which is relatively viewable um, for most people. Because the Big Ten television uh, options for hockey are just awful. Like, I don't understand. What's the point of having this network if we're not going to broadcast what is a either net net like zeroed out type of uh, type of sport or maybe even net positive sport? 
in terms of viewership. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why? It have... feels easier to watch AAU basketball on TV than it does yeah. to be able to watch Big Ten hockey. And I, I don't understand it because the Big Ten has, I th- think, five top 20 teams right now. So it's a really competitive uh, college hockey. But we created this league and there's just been no support for it whatsoever. I, I didn't love creating the league when it happened. I kind of like the CCHA. But I thought like, well, okay, they're about to have a lot more resources and just kind of separate themselves from the rest of college hockey. And that is not what has happened at all. And I think it's got to have something to do with the fact that we don't get any advantages from having the Big Ten Network. No, no, I agree. Uh, It's very frustrating. Um, But you're right. uh, ESPN Plus, uh, I think if for some reason folks are like, I don't know about that. you can, at a com- more competitive price, bundle your Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus subscriptions together. So we're like, I think Disney Plus is like 9 bucks a month. For 14 you get all three. Um, so great to look into. I, I'm How's just the peacock you know, ante into all of this? Where do we, yeah. where do we slip the peacock in? And then where do, how do we get Amazon Prime on top of that? And then are we putting up bunny ears for the games on NBC? What is uh? We obviously weren't listening to the game. Do you know what all of these complaints are about with the commentary during the game? No. Oh. No. Let us know, listeners. <laughs> Hit us up in the chat because uh, yeah. I've seen just general complaints, but I'm curious what those were about, what the specifics were. Greg, uh, let's head off Grand River where we're first going to talk about the board. But I think before we do that, we should take a moment to maybe refill our beverages. Um, and and maybe talk about them uh, for for our listeners. Um, well, uh, thank God for Mr. Mike Jones, because now more than ever, we need liquor to drown our sorrows. And I have been sipping on uh, the Deacon, which is a blended scotch. Uh, and it is nice and peaty, actually. It, it's not coming from my Brook Lottie. Uh, but it's like very nice, very drinkable. And it reminds me public service announcement. They are starting to bring these 700 milliliter bottles stateside that are not full fifths. So just keep an eye out when you're picking up something from the liquor store, when you're looking at price points and you're looking at price per ounce, just keep an eye out for that. But the Deacon (laughs) in its 700 milliliter bottle, pretty good. And it's got this nice, like, textured copper yeah. type of thing going. That it's is a display uh, bottle for sure. Unique, yeah, yeah. That I kind of like, and it and it's it's not bad for a blended scotch, you know. Uh, and then I am uh, uh, drinking uh, Papa's Pillar, uh, which is a um, dark rum coming in at eighty six proof. Dang. And is finished in rye whiskey barrels. And it is interesting. I mean, you're still getting all the sweet you want in a dark rum, right? Like it's, it's, but it's not desserty in quite the same way that, say, the bamboo is. Uh, like there's just enough of that rye barrel that you can taste to, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's got a little, little extra there. Yeah. The, the one thing I will complain about on it is that the, uh, the lid, 
is secured to the, the the neck of the bottle. Did you call with it this, the lid? Uh, I'm sorry, the cap. The cap is secured to the neck of the bottle with this chain. Um, oh, like I'm like in drinking out of a sort of an old timey flask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you're a Boy Scout with your with a little like your water pouch on your hip. Yeah, which is which you might say, oh, that sounds actually interesting, Mike. Sure, but the chain is small enough that when you twist the cap around, that chain just spins with it. And so it's a it's a flourish that was maybe not quite functionally thought out. Um, but anyway, I, I would I would still recommend nice. Papa's Pillar. Papa's Pillar is very nice. Um, Papa Pillar, the Papa P. Uh, all right. Greg, do you want to give a rundown on the board? So, Sunday evening, uh, Brianna Scott releases a letter both to the other members of the board and to the state news and then in other media outlets, basically alleging that Rima Vassar has uh, not lived up to her station as the board chair. She's accused of bullying interim president Woodruff. She's accused of overstepping during the, the shooting and the aftermath. She's accused of involving herself in the Gupta stuff that we've covered on this podcast in length. Uh, of course, as we talked about, she requested that letter from Dana Nessel about the Nasser documents and then did not have the votes to release those documents. And most recently, uh, this could be potentially related to the Brenda Tracy leak of her, of Brenda Tracy's identity um, to the press. Uh, she has refused, apparently, to share her phone with the investigation of that. However, it's interesting to me because we did get to see her unhinged text messages with Pat O'Keefe. Uh, former board of trustee member and like truly the worst individual perhaps that has ever walked the planet. Um, and also flying on donors jets. Don't know if I mentioned that and, and appearing in an ad is as her capacity as a trustee in her capacity as a trustee for Brian Massal for trustee and also idiot. Um, so this is concerning. This is, uh, this is, it goes to show you don't do something, if you're Brianna Scott, you don't do something like this if you don't have the votes to remove her as chair, right? So you're escal, and this is speculation on my part. I have no background knowledge on this. I have no additional knowledge on this, but it seems to me that if you, if it's your aim to remove her as the board chair, this tells me you don't have the votes to do it. So you've decided to chronicle all of your grievances and go public with them. I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize uh, these allegations. They're very serious, and they none of them reflect what I would want uh, from a board of trustee member. And in fact, just kind of in keeping with that, Dennis Denno, uh, one of the more recent additions to the board, has come out and supported Rima Vassar. Um, to that note, uh, Diane Byram, former board chair, uh, has come out and supported Brianna Scott and called for Brianna, uh, Vassar's resignation. So too have, uh, Melanie Foster and Joel Ferguson. You'll remember them. 
uh, that cast of characters. But this is just another public humiliation for the university. Um, and goes to show all of the turmoil that is happening behind the scenes. Gives us a little bit more context into why Woodruff decided probably or at least related to this, she decided not to uh, remain in consideration for the president uh, role, even though I think I speak for the whole podcast when I say that that didn't bother us that much when she made that statement uh, to the press and removed herself. Uh, But they have a meeting on Friday. The university has business to do right now. It is without a president still. And now this is going to be the center of all of those conversations when they're not grandstanding about Hitler being on the board, uh, the video board, uh, not the board of trustees. Thank God. Um, so I don't know what this does. I, I like truly we we've talked about how MSU is big enough to be relevant, but not so big as to be a sacred cow. This kind of stuff has been happening on the Wayne state board for like years. Now U of M has its own problems. Clearly the way that the state of Michigan chooses its board of trustee members or regents or whatever it is, does not result in the best candidates all of the time. Uh, but I don't, governor Whitmer does have the ability to remove individuals if they don't, you know, if they don't meet the ethical standards required of a, of someone in these public roles, she did release a statement that was kind of like boilerplate, but also kind of strongly worded. But I just don't know, like, this is going to be another massive distraction. I guess, Jonesy, my question to you, though, is, is there a chance that sort of like lances a boil at the same time? Like, is this work that needs to be done maybe before you can hire a president? I don't know. I mean, it, if it's not going to do anything, then it just highlights... Right now, it's not going to do anything. Then it just uh, highlights that Dan, there's a dysfunctional board. That's all it does. Dan Kelly has called. He's the chair of the committee in, in charge of the uh, general counsel. They're going to do an internal review of these allegations. But there's... I think all that can happen as a result of that is it puts public pressure on Rima Vassar to step down or it gives Whitmer what she needs to take action against Vassar. I think that's it. I think those are the two potential outcomes. Or it's just like, nah, inconclusive. Which is the most likely outcome in all of this. Right. And though I have a hard time believing that the the flights on the PJ um, that she doesn't owe money for that. Um, yeah. But that's not really, really the point. And um, she has to pay taxes on her tickets too, right? I don't know about that. I mean, it's, it's income. Like it, it is a benefit. Yeah. That- she gets so the listeners might not know these are unpaid positions on the board of trustees but you do get some benefits from the university for being on the board and they're mostly athletics related you get tickets you get 
the option to go to away games and bowl games and NCAA tournament games. Um, and those are provided, but they are of economic value, right? Yeah. That the university is providing. So I think technically they're, they're probably supposed to pay income tax on that. Um, anyway, I, that's not the question you asked. I, I guess I, um, I found the allegations, uh, the chronicling of them in particular, uh, to be enough that it's not a single grievance. And yeah. they weren't small things that were pointed out. Uh, we, I know you talked about Pat O'Keefe, but um, the the permission that he clearly feels he has to attempt to meddle in ongoing board uh, matters isn't like, it's not like he texted those things thinking that there was an unwelcome audience there. Right. Um, the, and in fact, that's one of yeah. the things that Brianna Scott brings up is that he, she minimized the trauma of, uh, of Brenda Tracy by heart emojiing some of the text messages that she received from Pat O'Keefe about how perhaps Brenda Tracy was embellishing or using these things to gain notoriety. Yeah. Uh, the lack of, uh, uh, FOIA access or not FOIA access. I'm sorry. The lack of forensic access to her phone is also a little concerning. Um, but as I said, I don't know how that works because we already have some of her text messages. So how can it be both? I'm a little confused by. Yeah, I, I mean, it's entirely possible that multiple. There's a difference between forensic access and and sort of turning over of provided. records. But yeah, yeah, what she turned over. Um, but uh, I'm more concerned about what this does to a presidential search. I'm more concerned about what the presidential search does to. Uh, uh, and a head coaching search. Um, and that's not to say that I don't care about these things as it relates to the board. I care deeply about them. But there is such a catastrophic institutional problem that removing a single person is not the, the, the solution here. They all need to go. Because at, at best, you are merely someone who doesn't have the backbone to say what should be said in public um, and instead quietly play your little games um, amongst the board. And, and it's also fair to say that, that this isn't, this isn't unique to Rima Vassar. This has been an ongoing problem that I, I have a hard time believing to a degree isn't something that because of the way the terms work, doesn't just get handed down over time from like you, you can inject some new blood into the board, but there's enough of a rot that's there that everyone gets infected. And then even when those folks leave, then the new permanent rot that gets handed down from. Yeah. From you don't need to, to lance term. the boil. You need to like. You, the board need to, needs to be raised and, and then grown anew. Uh, so. Well, usually, for listeners that don't know, most boards in the state and most boards nationally, these types of positions are appointed by the board or by the governor 
or the governor with the state house or the alumni association. Uh, our social media manager, I believe, has a vote for the Indiana board, the Indiana University board as an alumna. Um, so there are other but, methods of doing this. And clearly this one does not result in always fantastic candidates. Yeah, I, I would flag, though, those other ones that like it, I, I think it is fair to say that institutional governance and the the mode with which you go about selecting folks is is challenging. We see the problem playing out as as it exists in Michigan State. But for folks who care about what the role of um, academia is and what research uh, institutions should be doing in, in places like science and education, you can see that there's a real problem with this, with, with other modes of selecting these boards, which are mm -hmm. governor based. And you see that play out in places like Iowa and Florida, where in Indiana, yeah, there, where there's real suppression of academic thought um, and science. Uh, so um, that's not a good solution either. Uh, and so, uh, and, and I don't know that going the Duke method of, a massive, a massive board, board of like is this the right people. solution? Yeah. So I, I just, I, I, um, it's easy to say, I think, do it differently. And, yeah. and I think there's a, a bit of nuance there, but what I do know is that there is a long legacy of this sort of dipshittery that has happened on this board. And, Clearly, the best and brightest aren't coming out for these roles. Clearly, there is a this need to exercise some modicum of power by the yeah. folks who take this job. And, and they all, despite what Brianna Scott said in her letter, they all do the overstepping of their oversight capacity. Every single one of them. And so I, I don't know if you can get a fresh start. I don't know if... If it involves, uh, frankly, you know, term limiting folks in a way that's a little bit more aggressive and 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 maybe making well, that larger. That doesn't matter with the current system. Someone like a Melanie Foster can have her term ended, have the the good taxpayers of the state of Michigan, the good voters choose not to elect her. And then she hops back on in the next election cycle. It's the same with Dennis Denno, who's currently on the board, just made it. He's this was like his third attempt to run through the democratic system and get on there. And now he's finally made it, and his term doesn't end till twenty thirty one. So yeah, so maybe shortened terms. I, you know, I I don't anyway. Um, let's play this out though. I think this is worthwhile for this presidential search. Yeah, because this situation, unless Reema Vassar decides to step down, will not. I, I'm not a lawyer. How quickly do you think a university's general counsel office could run a an investigation like this? It's going to take months. Months. Yeah. And that is what it's going to take for either the governor or a proper amount of pressure to go on. To and, and they ought to, she's, she's not going to just step it down on Friday. That's not going to happen. If these things that Brianna Scott is accusing of her are true, 
or even based in truth, this is not the type of person that just steps down from a from a role like this. So, uh, or unless the cogs start to move behind the scenes and she gets a lot of political pressure to do that because I know she and her husband are both very politically connected. That could happen in some way. But this is going to go on and will definitely negatively affect the presidential search. And I would just also add that GC spot was open for a while. Um, and so the fact that there's pushback on the GC is interesting to me. Um, I don't know that the GC should be conducting the investigation. That was weird. Apparently that's how it works by the, by the bylaws. But I was like, what? Well, I mean, it, it'd be one thing, but the power, the GC was named as a potential victim of some of this. So like that makes it sort of like, maybe you ought to recuse yourself. I don't, you know, or just send this to, but I, either way now, now all of this is just going to cost time, money and resources to the university that don't need to be spent. And so I, I like, I take the allegations very seriously. Again, the chronicling of them I thought was well done and and worthy of consideration. But you know, it's not like Brianna, could you have waited until after a hire? Could you just wait a little bit longer before you release this letter? I, you know. Let's get a president in here, please. Please. I also, we need a president who isn't going to put up with this nonsense, but they've, they've made it so insufferable that we already lost one. And then then another didn't want to put her name in for contention. I just, I hate this school. (laughs) Dude, it is like, it's our moment in the barrel, man. And, and our, year eight moment in the barrel. Yeah. Uh, all right. But this isn't new. The board has been dysfunctional ever since I've started paying attention to it. And all of the university boards have been dysfunctional in some way ever since yeah, I started our- paying attention. Like going back. Do you remember how, do you, oh my God. Do you remember Mitch Lyons as yeah. a board of trustee member? But it, all right. It, so obviously we, I'm going to say something nice about Luana K. Simon, but that's not to suggest okay. that I like think Luana now we have K. Simon. To, now we have to mark this episode as explicit. Fantastic. Yeah. Now we're going to get like, canceled. She, she clearly could manage that board. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It, but in fairness, the circumstances were quite a bit easier. She was on easy mode at that time. There were no, for the most part, it was before the scandal hit the big one. Yep. The university was raising funds in just the same way that all universities were raising funds at very high rates. It was maybe some of that she deserves credit for, but largely she had a bit of a tailwind. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. We got to talk about one other thing, not board related. Are we there? Do we get around to it? Hey, to the Michigan fans that listen to the podcast, did we talk about ourselves and hating ourselves enough to talk about hating you? 
did we yeah. did we satisfy that requirement? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the reason that we lost the game was because of sign stealing. Uh, so, <laughs> if for some reason someone hasn't heard, uh, the University of Michigan is under an active investigation from the NCAA. Um for uh, stealing the signs of their opponents. Now, uh, people should know sign stealing. So, you know, uh, you'll see oftentimes in, in games, it's popular to see like four pictures on a board or something, and then dudes making a whole bunch of hand signals. They're calling a play-in. And uh, it is, much like in baseball, very legal to watch what you're seeing and then adjust accordingly. Uh, it is in fact permissible to watch TV and attempt to. Okay. I didn't know that we were going to get Mike Jones Astros apologist on this podcast. No, I just want to be, I want to be clear what's because, because the folks over in Ann Arbor have done so much goalpost moving on this nonsense that I want to be clear about what's permitted and what's not permitted. So, but what's not allowed is using electronic devices in a game to record or otherwise decipher the uh, the signals of your opponents. Um, and if at minimum, if not explicitly so in the letter, you're certainly not allowed to go to the games of opponents and film yeah. their sidelines. Well, ends up... Uh, that we find out, I guess, what, Thursday? Thursday night is when it came out? Yeah. But the or university Friday. found out Wednesday. One yeah. whole day before. Yeah. That uh, that Michigan is under, University of Michigan's under investigation for this. Um, the fan reaction was hilarious. This can't be true. This is just the NCAA hating on us. LOLOL. Um, but cheeseburgers and signs to the NCAA. That's all they care about. It's just some low level rogue staffer. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that low level rogue staffer before we found out a little bit more information. Yeah. I'm not even going to get there yet, but what we do find out is that the university of Michigan was employing someone with zero football coaching experience who was in the Navy working specifically in signals intelligence, who was volunteering for a long time, coming from San Diego to Ann Arbor to help them with stuff. Uh, On his LinkedIn, he said he he determined, what was it? It was very artfully worded. It was like, oh, yeah. helps determine the adversary's next course of action. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, eventually finds his way into a, uh, a staff job. Um, and I think uh, we found out today that he makes $58,000 a year. Something um, like that. Something we'll come, that doesn't account for the amount of money that he spent going to games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that's, anyway. So before we get to these additional details, it was an odd person to have on staff. Yeah. Like a real odd hire. And part of the reason folks, you may be curious, like 
well, if you can do all of this stuff, like you can watch it and you can watch the TV copy and, you know, all this other stuff, like what's the big deal here? Why is this a rule? Great question. That's a fair question. The rule exists primarily for two purposes. One is player safety and yeah. the other is for resource management. So mm -hmm. the the resource management component of this is that teams that are haves, if you will, can spend a lot more money on bullshit, like sending people to games to record signals. At which point in time, like, why even bother signaling? But anyway, so it's it becomes an arms race then in these it, beyond what it already is on these analysts, and less time is spent coaching the sport of football. Right, because we have a limited number of minutes with these players, and you don't want to spend those coming up with new and more elaborate schemes to get the play-ins from the sidelines into the players. So everyone has a gentleman's agreement that we just don't engage in this type of behavior so that we don't have to spend resources on this and we can put yeah. a more competitive and better product on the field. Yes, the player safety component, though, is, and this is really important, if you know where the ball is going to be, then you can run faster and hit harder. Or and you know how it they're going to block. Yeah. You, you can find a way, knowing how they're going to block, to make sure that you have an unabated path to the quarterback. Or you can blow up the hole where the running back is going to be. Like it, it is, it is legitimately a health and safety concern for players when one team has this knowledge and the other does not. Um, so that's the reason for the rule existing. Uh, we've found out today at the time of recording that uh, Connor Stallions, I believe, is his name, uh, the low-level staffer who makes fifty-eight thousand dollars a year or something like that, has been purchasing tickets to every game that Michigan is going to uh, the opponents of Michigan will be playing as well as the games of people that they may be playing mm -hmm. uh in in bowls interestingly also a little uh, and and then gives those tickets out to other people i've i've been that's told the, that these are for people coming back from the wars but okay that's the network that's the network yeah. of of people that he's got uh, I don't know. Have you seen his Venmo history floating around? I did. Apparently dude likes to sell t-shirts. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. He's, you know, he's a Navy guy. Yeah. He likes the boats. Uh, he, he likes Michigan football and he likes to sell a t-shirt on social media. You know, mm -hmm. a classic there's these guys, you know, we all know one of them, one of these guys. Yeah. Uh, we got he, one um, of them in our Twitter questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's some other interesting statistical evidence that has come out, uh, which is just Michigan oh, are you against do the spread. Their performance against the spread. Yeah, there it is. It's interesting. Yeah, so it's a data point for sure. I mean, you're you're looking at data points. Uh, I don't have the specific numbers up in front of me, but let's just say that Michigan from 2015 to 2020 was 500-ish against the spread. Which is what uh, you would expect against the spread. Somewhere that is, around there. That, like, that is Vegas 
picking correctly. Um, since that, since the alleged time that this has all started, which was 2021, Michigan State has, or not Michigan State, Michigan has crushed, the University of Michigan has crushed the spread uh, at an alarming rate. I believe, believe over 70%, uh, maybe closer to 80%. Yep. Um, and that that might just happen from a team that has underperformed from a really long period of time to now starting to perform better. Maybe Vegas hasn't adjusted to that. Or maybe, maybe they have advantages against a lot of the teams that they're playing. Advantages that Vegas wouldn't expect them to have. Yeah. And advantages that other teams don't tend to have when they play one another. Do you, how do you think... I, I, I We're... We're peep behind the curtain. We are not gamblers on this podcast, but right. I have to wonder how this affects historical winnings and losings. Yeah, uh, you know, like is DraftKings going to have to pay for this? I don't know. Or or does Vegas stop taking bets on Michigan? Wouldn't that be interesting if if a number of the sports books just announced like? We're not putting out lines on Michigan games anymore. Well, fun fact, by the way, I don't know if you saw this about Connor Stallions. Uh, he purchased two tickets, one on each side of the field for Ohio State, uh, for Penn Ohio State. State. And they didn't get used. Because the, his name came out before the game. So, uh, which honestly, that's an omission that is indicative of actual guilt. Um, speaking of which, did you, as a lawyer, Michael Jones, mm -hmm. what did you think about Harbaugh's, uh, statement on this subject? I didn't actually see what he said. So my read of it is it was very focused on how he, he doesn't have any knowledge of this. And it seemed very specifically worded about how he had no knowledge of this and how he would not have instructed someone to engage in this behavior. But there was no, there, the University of Michigan is not, as far as I've seen, denied any of this. The only statement that's been made is Coach Harbaugh does not have any direct knowledge of this. What's difficult to believe is that I believe Connor has worked under multiple coordinators now. So, because Gaddis was there in 21, a, right? From his time as, as a paid, both a paid member of the staff and also his time as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I just... Where he's walking around, there are pictures of him on the sidelines with all of his like binders, and he's standing right next, next to, to Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I think I, yeah I think what Vegas does to this is going to be interesting. Whether we like it or not, Vegas's money influence is TV influence because one of the reasons people watch games is because of the money that they have on them. Uh, and so if Vegas start, stops taking bets, that's interesting and a problem for the Big Ten. Uh, there's also the question of what... There's enough evidence now to suggest that this was happening. There's like, there, there. 
yeah, there's more than smoke. Uh, And so how does the NCAA and the Big Ten respond mid-season? Well, I thought it was wild that the NCAA and the Big Ten released – I've never seen the Big Ten release a statement warning its teams about another one of its teams. Yeah. I can't think of precedent for that. Yeah, that, when that happened, that was mid-Michigan fans saying, this isn't real. And like, for right, the, the Big Ten's not doing that unless they know there's something there. Correct. So, um, apparently Michigan State took 24 hours to decide whether they would be playing this game. Uh, All right, this is a choose-your-own-adventure. We're only going to cover one of these two topics. But in 30 seconds, I want you to choose one and give me your answer. Okay. One, why would Michigan engage in this? It's either going to be a big asterisk at a time that they start to think they have a team and they might be able to win. Is there that much pressure on them to actually do something? Is it, was this like a last gasp or two should MSU have just taken a page out of Michigan's book and chosen not to play the game? Choose your own adventure on this. Oh, I, I mean, number two, the question and the answer is yes. They should have sat. They should have been like, nah, just embarrass them. But Michigan would have. I mean, Michigan would have. Yeah. Though we know that you know we that be, if the we, shoe been was on the other foot, if the shoe was on the other foot, and Michigan thought that they had a pretty good chance of losing that game and being beat bad in it. They would have taken that out and they would have, they, oh my God, can you imagine the statements that would have been made about how the University of Michigan and its history wouldn't engage in such a game against a classless institution that would, ooh, that we wouldn't sully ourselves to, to play a match with someone that doesn't, doesn't share our values. Like, I can just picture the, the the ward manuel makes he's he, he comes up on stage for the first time in like a year and a half and he bangs his fist on the podium yeah god what a loathsome place the university of michigan my word uh anyway it's gonna be a real fun ride to follow that's all i'll say um do you do you think there are consequences midseason? I don't know that there can be. I think it's a lot like the uh, the investigation in the GC into these Brianna Scott allegations. Like it's too fast. The the cogs don't go that fast, even in spite of all of the evidence. And yeah. I don't think there's precedent for there being NCAA, uh, you know, action taking place in the middle of a season before i don't think it's ever happened it'll be real interesting if the college football playoff committee punishes them i'll say that um usually what what is supposed to happen in these cases is the head coach gets fired mid-season that's usually the course of action in these types of cases but that's not going to happen either real shame real shame uh all right we play minnesota are we going to actually have this conversation or are we just going to no. do Twitter questions? I, I think I'll just say much like how Vegas might have trouble taking bets. We're having a hard time previewing Michigan State because 
uh, while Minnesota is bad at football, uh, and they are, and we might be more talented than them. Uh, it's it's difficult to preview them when Michigan State will find ways to lose. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's do these. Let's do these Twitter questions, shall we? Uh, okay. You've got, you've got a couple notes. I do have a couple notes. Uh, first and foremost, we have to apologize, to Mr. Neurotic Pants. Every week we say, reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Mr. Neurotic Pants takes us up on that second one. And then we totally forget about him last week. That's my bad. I failed at that, Mr. Neurotic Pants. I'm so sorry about that. Um, number two, as you all know, basketball is coming. And that means that there is going to be a lot more coverage. We're already late in this episode right now. So temporarily until the end of basketball season or maybe the end of football season or whatever it is, we're going to, I think it makes sense to restrict the number of questions that everyone can have from three to two questions. But want to make sure that everyone understands that we appreciate everyone and their involvement in the podcast is the best part of it. Like in these like truly dark times, the best part, having those of you that reach out and talk to us, uh, and interact with us in this way. It's fantastic. We can't get enough of it. Um, but I also do want to call out, you know, the huge number of you that, uh, don't interact with us and we don't know are listening. Uh, like, like how I have to talk to Tara at the wedding to find out that you're listening, Jess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tara outed you. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Jess. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Maybe we need to add in, I don't know, Jonesy, should we add in a little bit more like Club Ultimate Frisbee uh, <laughs> update to our uh, Off Grand River segment? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, should we do... Should we do the questions? Let's do it. Uh, we've apologized to Mr. Neurotic Pants, and so thus he comes first. One, this is the worst group of coaches in the Big Ten, isn't it? I'm starting to hate them. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's as simple as that. And they get compensated ridiculously for being the worst. Wildly. Uh, two, most MAC and FCS teams protect the ball better, don't they? There's strong evidence that suggests that. Uh, and three, Grook, can Alan Haller appeal to the state of Michigan to suspend Harlan Burnett's coaching license? Can yes. we insist he own the little, the title Coach Butthole? How long, Lord? How long? Yes, Coach Butthole. Uh, actually, uh, Mike Jones, um, Coach Butthole, Harlan Burnett has instituted a swear jar, and if any of the <laughs> if any of the guys on the team say potty words, they have to put a dollar in the Coach Barnett swear jar. And Folks, so uh, things are looking up. Kevin, Kevin will make fun of me for my flat tone first thing in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you that Kevin worked his bits, and he's been working that one for a while, uh, and it's a good one. Uh, next up is MSU Gruff. I feel like this is weeks now we've been getting this question. I don't know if just from Gruff or other people, but why? Well, it is how we all feel, right? Like right now, like why was it Hitler? Of all, th I guess if it wasn't Hitler, people wouldn't have reacted that way. But like, you can't write some of this stuff. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, it, Hitler truly was a meme at that point in yeah. time. 
it like just what's the uh is it the godwin principle is uh, that the principle that on the internet any uh any argument debate will ultimately in. devolve into hitler or some yeah. kind of hitler reference well msu has hit its godwin principle moment i guess yeah uh next up listener mike jones which again uh i'm just gonna head and go ahead and shout out uh papa's pillar yeah. uh i'm gonna take a draw off the deacon yeah uh who says had to steal a page from at one cool nate uh osu almost beat georgia and georgia annihilates tcu in last year's playoff weird uh, this is in reference. Uh, Mike Jones provided us um, some internet memes, which are notoriously difficult uh, to convey in a in a auditory podcast format. But what he's getting at here is uh, when U of M doesn't have the plays, they don't win the games, and uh, mm-hmm. it is it's another data point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'll take this one for you. Uh, if you sucked at your quote dream job and it was possibly temporary, would you wait five weeks to try to make changes or would you try and better yourself each week? This is obviously about coach, coach butthole. Uh, and, um, I, I think it, I, you know, I think there's something to this, Kevin, that like, as much as I I can empathize with the impossible situation that those kids found themselves in, mm-hmm. that they're also kids and kids need consistency. That they need structure. Is this you you're in dad mode now over here? I mean Is this what the mommy like, blogs have told you about being a division one head football coach? They have. And and I think the the thing to do there is be like, hey, guys, we need to focus on football. That's the one thing we can control. And then you just go forth. Uh, but Harlan didn't do that. He spent time doing one-on-ones. Yeah, it does seem like this is your opportunity to like circle the wagons. Like there was not a, a galvanization circle the wagons moment is what it sounds like. Or if there was, it it didn't work. Uh, next up from Mike Jones. Do you think anyone on this coaching staff ends up in a position at a Power 5 school? Do you think Walmart will hire Ross Ells as a door greeter or would he fuck that up as well telling people goodbye as they walk in i i think uh, that, that he'd get flagged like he would try to set up the other door greeters in a formation and it would be an illegal walmart formation and he would be justifiably fired for that yeah. um all right let's use the, i think there's really one barometer on the team and that is uh our wide receivers coach would you retain him if for a potential future staff, whoever that may be, Courtney, Hawkins. it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say whether we're retaining him merely because of the idea that we might get Nick Marsh. Um, I also tend to think that there's strong evidence that Courtney Hawkins is a good wide receivers coach. But we started to question that last week. I know I was angry. Like several dudes have gone into the pros since he's been here, uh, and. And he did early on create an ethos around like culturally that, you know, like our wide receivers were great at blocking and did it, you know, a bunch of stuff. I, I think there's probably some evidence that Courtney Hawkins is a good coach and, but he has a middling group of talent right now. Okay. So there is one. 
And finally, from Mike Jones, with this current coaching staff, uh, Barnett, JJ, Scotty down the line, where would we finish in the MAC? I don't think we'd be, we'd be playing in Detroit for the title. I think we'd lose games for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'd yeah. for sure lose games. I think we'd win some games, but I, we would lose games as well. Uh, I don't think I agree with you, Mike Jones. I don't think we would be in uh, Detroit for the title. And I also agree with you that the Deacon is a fine blended sketch. Uh, next up from Ali has capitalism and the drive to maximize profit at expense at the expense of everything permeated all aspects of our society, such that even something as simple as putting content on a video board is outsourced to a third party instead of being done in house by students. I think actually we know that, that it, maybe is what happened. <laughs> they used third party kind of um loosely loosely yeah like they use third party content that we didn't create ourselves is i think actually what they meant um calling youtube a vendor i think is generous uh so i don't think we can blame this one on capitalism though as much as i'd love to be like it was capitalism's fault that hitler ended up on the scoreboard with 81 minutes to play I don't know that I can follow follow you here. (laughs) Uh, uh, Next from Ali, since we're all on board with demolishing the program and rebuilding from the ground up, how would you rebuild Spartan Stadium? Well, as we all know, there's going to be the giant Spartan statue that looks over Spartan Stadium eventually, right? And I think if you're going to have that, why not just host the whole game inside that thing, right? That's the next logical step. So Spartan Stadium would be rebuilt and I, I can't believe, Ali, actually, that you're talking about demolishing Spartan Stadium in this. It's 100th year, Ali. You probably don't even oh my remember God. Oh my God. that oh it's my the God. 100th year of Spartan Stadium. And we're we're celebrating it by taking it one of its most marquee games and moving it to another stadium. Anyway, but it, it would be suspended in the air by the giant Spartan statue. Uh, last from Ali, I think I'm on board the urban train. How do I fight these feelings? Oh, I th- I want you to take this one, Jonesy. Because you've uh, heard the devil's call. I think you're ahead of me on this. I, I don't know that I am. I, I think, Ali, what you're feeling right now is that you know that there's a modicum of competence and consistency that urban would bring. But you know deep down that that's not the high you're really chasing. You're, you're chasing like dominance, sustained dominance. And I don't know, I don't know that urban gives you really, really that tiger that you want. But uh, I will say, Greg and I were talking about this uh, before, I think before the wedding, maybe it was after when I was, it's a blur. Greg, did you hear what, Harlan Barnett said, uh, was Harlan is also on the urban Meyer train now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think, I think the best that you can hope for out of urban Meyer is that he's a handoff, that he is someone who comes in and that his name cachet brings in the level of talent and recruit that you, you believe is necessary to, uh, to dominate at a national level. Uh, and that he brings in, again, the consistency and competency that's required to compete at a national level. But ultimately, Urban is going to be here for a short period of time. Yeah. And so you are hoping that he can be a 
high quality short-term custodian to pass it off. But ultimately you need to chase the hire that is a 10, 15 year. Like that's really what you want. That's what we all want is to dominate for a sustained period of time. Well, I don't know if you heard this week, Michael, but Zach Smith uh, took to a certain podcast. I don't even know what it was to say that Urban's not taking the MSU job because what he cares about most right now is his legacy. And he wouldn't take a job at a, at a program that he didn't know that he could win year one. And I just thought that's rich coming from the dude that did the most damage to Urban Meyer's legacy. But great. Thanks, Zach, for your co- continued contributions uh, to culture and the sport of college football. Um, next from Dan Hellpepper, uh, maybe one non-offseason question. Did you know the last MSU got wrecked this bad by Michigan? They hired Biggie Munn, not an established Big Ten coach. MSU had recently humiliated with pizza and went 13-5-2 versus U of M with a couple definitely real national titles. Now you know. Now you know. Uh, and uh, and Dan, see my earlier comment about what you we all really want in a hire. And it's that. Uh, he's also just done with football. So he asks, uh, "Did do you think that the movie Speed should have ended as soon as they got off the bus? I've never seen Speed. I thought Speed 2 was the one on the bus. I don't no, know. No, Speed 2 is the one with the boat. They crash ah. a boat into a pier or something at the end of it. Spoilers. That's a ship. Ships, boats are, are the big, that's a ship. Oh, I'm sorry. Boats are the wussy ones. Ships are the big, proud uh, no, no, no. vehicles, vessels. Boats are like sort of Navy boats, right? Ships are sort of right. like your, 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 speed, your speed ship. People refer to it as a speed ship. Speed ship. Speed ship. Yep. Not to be confused with Navy boats. And finally, uh, from Dan Hellpepper, are people still mad at Will Smith? I don't know. I think it's weird. Uh, yeah. He had, I mean, he had another person in public. Like, I mean, am I mad at Juwan Howard? No. But do I think he should have a job? Also, no. Yeah. Uh, next up, Nate C. From our which boy, position, boy. Uh, which position should we rotate each coach into next? This is a man who understands rearranging deck chairs on the boat. Uh, please include the new Signal Telegraph unstealable perpetual information director. And what color? Penny? Penny. Penny. penny, uh, penny. Should they wear? Um, boat lingo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think definitely Courtney Hawkins should be doing offensive line coaching. Um, Coach Harlan Barnett's going to put up a, a blue penny this week to indicate that he's very super serious now about being a, a head football coach. And this, it's no, it's no longer, it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. Harlan Barnett. It's it's the deep green penny now. Next up, why did anyone think the football game would go any differently? Did they not understand that the most likely, most dangerous course of action was too much lead? I Nate, I'm I'm trying to follow you in this one. Am I missing something? Um, I think some of us had hope. <laughs> And then we were dissuaded of that, of that notion. Mm-hmm. Disabused, one might yeah. even say. Uh, last up from Nate C, how was the wedding? Fine. Yeah, fine. It was fine. That was a good time. Yeah. 
I have I have one complaint and one complaint alone. And it, what? It's, What's your complaint? Are you going to wait oh. until the man's here to complain to his face? No, no, no. I want him to listen to this. He's not going to listen to this. Oh, no, he will for sure listen to this. We'll t- so, have to tell him that it's a, a lot of it is about the wedding. Uh, I want to I shout out the catering was incredible. It was mm-hmm. this wonderful soul food. It was fantastic. Uh, there was baked chicken and catfish. And so I'm going to say something that some people are going to gasp about, but I don't eat fish. Uh, don't care for it. Uh, and so I was not particularly interested in having a piece of the catfish. So you could have one piece of chicken, one piece of catfish. And I kindly asked, could I have two pieces of chicken instead? And they told me no. Michael, you didn't say something that people were going to gasp about. You're going to say something that no one cares about. Shut up. Get something else instead. What, no what's, one really, cares. what's really hurtful about all of it is that the food was so good. It was very good. It was very good. Like it was so good that I, I wanted I wanted seconds legitimately. And the midnight That's snack where you could get seconds, and indeed I did indulge. Walking tacos, which was a nice touch and something that I greatly needed at that point. <laughs> the walking tacos were put out. Yeah, we we decided to go back to Royal Oak at some point in time to go out for drinks, and we 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 stopped in the Uber. And Greg said, "I'm going to bed. You go out with my wife now." <laughs> I'm just used to it. <laughs> Next up is John Hubbard, uh, but the the wedding was actually legitimately wonderful. Uh, uh, John Hubbard. Uh, since the next football game is away, this week's atrocity trivia is <laughs> no. No, no, no. The thing is, if you put Pol Pot up on the screen, wouldn't have been a social media sensation. We should have put Pol Pot up there. Yeah. I think you, I think you might even get away with Mussolini. Like, you, you could put Stalin up there. You could put a ton, like, Hitler's just kind of in the news, right? I mean, Hitler's always a Hitler's guy, in the news right now. <laughs> but there, there's some additional sensitivity. And justifiably so. I understand why that is. Um, Next up, Spartan Mark says, congratulations, Alex. Don't wish him well. He, Alex is going to listen to this and he is going to let it all go to his head. Yeah. Um, next up from Spartan Mark, why Rossell's why? NBC even ran an in-game special illustrating how special teams screwed us the last two games prior. Embarrassing. Yep. Was this the package that they ran right after another uh, uh, punt team illegal formation? Uh, last up Harlan admitted to not enforcing standards to keep players happy WTAF uh, won't help a new coach when that party ends nope it will not it will not but I don't know if you heard the parties over now Harlan is going to have a stern talking to to all the the young men that he doesn't think are are really giving it they're all they're, they're going to get taken aside. Oh, okay. Next up is Tyrone Couch. Stern talking to Harlan's not putting up. I love our players, but not our coaches. Jordan Hall looks like a future first rounder to me. Quote, those who stay, end quote, will be loved and appreciated. Uh, if you could save five, five players, who would you keep for the future? We'll take Hall. We'll take one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Hall, Tatum. Mangum. I'll take, yeah, Mangum. Uh, Simeon Barrel. <laughs> Franchise <can't>. tag. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, next up from Tyrone Couch, uh, the quiz game is overblown. Uh-oh. Uh, that was Tyrone Couch saying that, not us, the uh, host of the podcast. The quiz game was overblown. It was not an MSU production nor promotion. If it was a quiz game, we need to know our history. If our history, if we hate our history, the devil was a fallen angel. See, F that guy. If we don't remember it, we will repeat it and not learn. Now you know. Sure. But it was Austria. It was Austria. It was. I just not forget. Yeah. Hashtag never forget. Uh, last up from Tyrone rant of the week, that asterisk sheesh. I feel like I married plum. Mm. Mm. Wow. This one's gotten much more offensive than even the last question about Hitler. Uh, uh, players on both teams were horse AF and MSU forgot about the football part two. Also people that cut videos to make U of M players seem innocent when MSU retaliates F those guys too. agree with that. Agree. Agree with all of this. Uh, except for the, that one part, uh, next up, uh, Spartan wire. How does Matt Larson have a job? He's done a lot of damage to under and undermined our brand over the years. It's more than a lack of message discipline and poor external relations. The Hitler scoreboard is the latest of many. I will admit, I don't think I've done like a proper chronicling of Matt Larson's performance, but this one seemed a little hasty and maybe not entirely baked when it went out. Um, I think we could have sat on it just a little bit, got our ducks in a row before we went out. But then as far as we're concerned, the board came over the top and just humiliated everyone uh, with their statement on how they're the governing oversight body. And it's their role to make sure. Next up, Taylor Anderson. No questions, no point to asking why anymore. Just here to send a congrats to Plum on the wedding. Yes. Yeah, nope. yeah, 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 yeah. And he is the one who deserves the congrats because Jason is incredible. Yep. Uh, next up, the Everdark Jerk Guy. Uh, how excited are you for ne- the next year under a new head coach? That is the one thing that we get out of all of this is that I don't know that it's going much better if Mel Tucker's here. Mm-hmm. And um, we do get optimism out of yeah. all of this. Yeah, there will be a new hope. Episode four. Uh, next up from the abductor guy, tell me a story from Plum's wedding that you really don't want to tell. I think we've already been kind of indulging in these. Do we have anything else? I mean, not anything that I want Alex to hear. So. Okay. We'll just upper deck jerk guy. We'll just share with you off air. We'll just, we'll just dial you up. Uh, And finally, if you were a player, would you be sitting the rest of the year to transfer? Would you transfer if you were a player? No, but I I mean, but I also have a different relationship with the university than clearly they do. So, I mean, it's a new world. It's much more transactional now. And yeah, I mean, I think the int- the interesting conversations that we're ultimately going to have about this, especially when we see the amount of roster turnover that happens as a result of the new coach being announced, is like a continuation of how sustainable is this model of this quote-unquote amateur 
athletic association, quote unquote, attached to the university, quote unquote, representing the university value. Like we're getting, we've talked about this. We've done this podcast enough over the years. We've talked about this before, like this potential outcome where these are just semi-pro teams loosely affiliated to the university with no real attachment. Yeah, that is because uh, we we didn't talk about Tom Izzo's comments on the transfer portal, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, there's there's a degree to which Tom is Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't I don't doubt the sincerity of of his position. Um, and, you know, it, these. There's been an adverse effect on graduation rate, I think something nearly like one in five players who enter the transfer portal don't ever find a scholarship again. Um, so it's not great. I mean, the argument that the people that I don't know if it's a true argument or if it's the, it's the, um, the, the kind of like jaded argument would be like, they were already barely students to begin with. We're just sort of legitimizing this a little bit more. Sure, maybe. I'm not sure that I, that was the the case at MSU. I think our graduation rates are pretty good, and the yeah, university is pretty good at installing these young people into roles in society. Um, I think. Yeah, and I also think that there's there's players who do come and graduate as a result. It, like this, that yeah. this is important to them, and. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, next up, Andrew Gardner. Uh, now that we've learned that MSU will put literally anything on the video board with no oversight, what would you put up there to display during a football game? This reminds me of uh, what was the bowl that we went to with? Uh, I think we've told this story. Uh, we went to Orlando. I think it was, mm-hmm. yeah, Orlando. And yeah. it was Boston College, right? Yeah. This we was the playing? Brian Hoyer five interception game. Yeah, uh, but so this was a while ago, uh, I will say, and uh, the they had a thing where you could text yes a number and and whatever you texted would go up. On I the will say, board. listeners, if you're on the younger side, it was a while ago. But it wasn't so long ago that people were just discovering the internet. Like, this clearly should not have happened then while it was happening. It was, it was Matt Ryan was their quarterback, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and... It the, was Matt the, Ryan that year, and then it was Matt Stafford the following against Georgia. Uh, well, the filth that was said about Matt Ryan on that scoreboard... <laughs> Uh, that doesn't really answer your question, but I think that's a better story, uh, than any answer we would have given. So, uh, Andrew asks, can this program get more embarrassing? I didn't think that was possible, but here we are. But then, but but then, you know, as it was pointed by Austria. Yep. Yep. We'll always have Austria. Uh, Next up is Joe Ashworth. What song should be banned from wedding receptions? I think most dance songs should be banned. Most yeah. of the coordinated dance songs need to go. These are not worthwhile. Okay. The chicken dance is my like. Which I don't think we had on Saturday, by the way. Did we have one of those? 
No, there were there, there were a coordinated some... dance song to MGMT that I don't understand. Plum, you have to explain was... that one to me. because yeah. it was enthusiastic and bright. Next up from Joe Ashworth. Do you bring the card and or gift to the wedding or reception or do you send before the event? Who says before? Who There's a third option here, Joe Ashworth. And that is apparently the one that we both took. Christmas is coming. You get a two for one. <laughs> I got some RSUs I got to sell. <laughs> Joe asks also, if you have to travel to the wedding, do you decrease the amount you spend on a gift? Yes, I was going to give us some, and then I spent more on gas money. And so I'm actually Venmoing a request to Plum as we speak. Yeah, he actually, Plum went into the negative on this one. Huge mistake. Yeah. Never should have invited Mike Jones. Yeah, real. And that's good advice for everybody. Uh, <laughs> next up, Elon Bloom. Where is Alex going on his honeymoon? Elon Bloom, welcome back, by the way. Yeah, good to see you, bud. Hey, Elon Bloom. Um, I, he's going to, to Austria to investigate how this happened. <laughs> and Did he? he greeted us he greeted us at at the brunch speaking german yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit of a bit that we <laughs> it's too bad he wasn't here today yeah uh um how long do you have to give a new coach to clean up this mess? And does it matter if it is urban versus a coordinator who gets promoted to head coach? This is a good question. Okay. Well, first off, because this is too much urban talk, I want to say, I don't want urban. It's not going to be urban. Um, yeah, it's not going to be urban, but, uh, who, in, I guess this is a third party coordinator or coordinator from some other team. Cause it's clearly yeah. not going to be ours. I don't think MSU is going to go that route. I know that it has worked in other cases, but I think they're going to hire a proven head coach from another team. I think one of the names that gets floated will end up being the next head coach. And I think they'll be able to make an impact next year. And our, as we've discussed, the Big Ten schedule for next year that we've been handed looks okay under the circumstances. So I think... A certain number of wins could and should be put together, um, just given retention and things that you can do in the transfer portal with something to sell. Uh, next up from Elon Bloom, which game will the basketball team lose this fall that will have the fan base start worrying? That's a great gonna, question, actually. I'm going to pick a bold one here. Well, Boo Boo is still around. That man's 50 out there jacking up shots. But he said in the fall. So when do you count fall ending? Because I'm going to pick a bold one in December. Go ahead, pick. At Nebraska. Okay, Nebraska ball. The mayor. I mean, maybe maybe Arizona takes us for a ride in Palm Springs. Um, Palm Springs. Yeah. Could do. 
Could do. Next up from the Key Ski, three games in a row with an illegal punt formation. Ah, thank you, Key Ski. Uh, is that a record? It's certainly a record for um, my willingness to even consider uh, Rossell's ever exist. I don't like it. It's like a record for most incompetent single like human being on the planet. Um, next up the following from the key ski with LB, the LB with no gloves and a chicken farm should go back to the farm. Uh, change my mind. I think really what it is, is that we need to invent a, uh, time machine so that we can go and just kind of have him rejoin his people in the leather helmet, uh, era because, uh, this era with modern offenses is simply not working out. Next up from starting 18770, what clown program other than ours would hire Johnson and Hazelton? They got hired in terrible times too. Like and it then was- they just got extra money just cause yeah. why wouldn't they? It was a really, if you build it, they will come situation. And it was proven that just deciding to pay your offensive coordinator $1.35 million does not make him a $1.35 million coordinator. You know, the most offensive thing about that money is that came off the back of Kenneth Walker. Now, my, my nuance here is that what makes it offensive is that that denigrates the incredible talent that Kenneth Walker was. Mm-hmm. It made it seem like Jay Johnson had some fucking role in making Kenneth Walker who he was. That is the largest dipshittery that possibly could have ever existed. He had, Kenneth Walker deserved better than that. He also had Jaden Reed and Ken Coleman during that time. And Kaylin uh, Naylor, who also went to the pros. Yep, yep. Speedy. There were seven guys on that team who went to the pros. Uh, next up from starting 8770, might as well start limit going forward, right? Uh, the answer is apparently no. Yeah, I I I wonder if Levitt is going to get a start at some point in time. I think he probably should. And finally, does U-Haul give a discount when you're renting more than two of their? How are you going to drive two trucks, Barbara? Uh, I guess we're renting all of the U-Haul trucks to get this entire coaching staff out of East Lansing as quickly as possible. Is that what? Is that the? It'd be great, Kevin. It'd be great if there was a moving company we could plug right now. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe a moving company that we had some kind of personal attachment to. Maybe a moving company that uh, the scion of which we lived with in college, but chooses not to listen to this podcast. Unlike Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Next is up is CT and TC. How's the wedding? Who we're referencing. (laughs) CT wants to know, how's the wedding? And was it an open bar? Uh, The wedding was great. The open bar was also great. And tested. We tested the metal of that open bar. Uh, go take a look on Instagram. Uh, there was sort of a chronicling of our day. We did tailgate in advance. Then we transported ourselves to Detroit. Where more drinking happened. And then there was an open bar. So it, you know, 
So what, Michael Jones, if I didn't make it to the after after party? Um, it was a full day of activity on, on Saturday. And I had the best egg rolls outside of whatever the first bar we went to was. Yeah. Um, those, uh, the, they were like nacho egg rolls. They were fantastic. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, next up CTNTC. What's the one characteristic you want to see in the new coach? Uh, uh, CTNTC. What's the characteristic that would, uh, irritate you the most? That's the one that I want. Mm-hmm. Like a gruff, like uh like a, you know, chip on the shoulder, blue collar type type of thing. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Someone someone egalitarian in nature. Egalitarian. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want my football coach <laughs> to be an egalitarian. I want I want a I want a Tom Izzo sort. I want an everyman uh who uh Who's well? I got great news, Michael, because this week Harlan Barnett announced that he <laughs> has really been doing a lot of reading in between games, and he's he not coaching this for sure. Egalitarianism. That actually, maybe there's a lot of good ideas there. So, next yeah. up, by definition, isn't a trivia game just asking <laughs> questions? Yet we're engaging in trivia right now mm-hmm. uh, with all of you. Uh, next Thomas Zambiasi, if the athletic department is going to lazily throw YouTube on the scoreboard, like a substitute teacher putting on a movie, can they at least play episodes of pretty good by John boys? John boy. Sure. Yeah. I'll put some hot ones up there. I don't know. Like anything would be better. Anything would be better. You could put like a power hour up there. Now that they're selling beer, that's the way to move more product. Yeah. Put a power hour up there. Uh, last up from Thomas Zambiasi, will the big Sparty statue be a bargaining chip to attract a new coach? Oh, oh Greg gosh. is pulling more scotch, which means I need to open my. Yeah, this has become giant. a scotch episode. Um, so maybe Michigan won more ways than we, than we understood to begin with. Um, yeah, of course, especially a Sparty statue, a giant Spartan statue that's holding up the entire new stadium because Ali has raised Spartan stadium in its 100th year. Um, I think that would be very attractive to a new coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh, Cedar village bagel last week. I noted that it would be more over this week. That was before a 49 zero beatdown. Harlan admitting that he's not disciplining the team. And oh yeah. Hitler on the Spartan Stadium video screen. I guess it is true that it's a lower low, but it it seems that there's been a bottoming out after the Rutgers game. Like we're plateauing at the bottom of of the hole, right? Like I had kind of resigned myself to this, especially after Michigan scored effortlessly on the first drive. I was just sort of like, here it comes. And, um, I don't know. I was more bothered last week than I am this week. What about you? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, like the, again, the, the, there's a, a chasm between the two programs, which is, is frustrating. But and, it can be made up fast. Do we not yeah. remember how yep. Michigan was restructuring contracts and basically inviting 
Harbaugh to leave just two years ago and nobody wanted him. He went to Minnesota expecting a, a offer yep. that never came. Like things happen fast in college football, especially to teams that are proven cheaters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why he didn't get the Minnesota job. But he was like, I have a surefire way to win. Uh, my, but I, I guess I would. Well, it's it's some of the extracurricular stuff is what's more embarrassing this time around. But that's not about the team. That's about the it, university well, generally. The, the the Harlan thing is a little embarrassing. The, the Harlan thing that is what you're you're referencing. The Harlan. but but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. SHI uh, Stadium took more of my soul than this did. I was already dead. Well, this relates to Cedar Village Bagel's next question. Um, is this the bottom? I don't know. They could do a uh, a, a, a pick Stalin out from the crowd uh, yep. thing. I mean, they could. But like, it, there are ways that the university can and frankly will yeah. likely find ways to embarrass itself. I mean, as we outlined this situation on the board is not going to resolve itself before we have to make some kind of hire for the presidential open seat. Yeah. The, the one thing that is, is difficult and frustrating is that the real university is all the folks who are participating right now. Mm -hmm. It's all the kids who are on campus. It is like, there's a lot more to this university than sadly, what is our front porch right now? But uh i am optimistic that that we are we are they have to make a hire and it is very clear what that time frame is so we need to we all should be looking forward to thanksgiving anyway like that is the countdown clock yeah so Next from Carl, you do too much, bro. Collective punishment is considered a war crime under the Geneva Conventions. Do Spartan alums thereby have a plausible cause of action to drag this coaching staff before the Hague? <laughs> Feels right. But I... How much, uh... Carl, I, I just... How much scotch have I drank? It seems like maybe the Hague's gonna be busy over the next little bit here. Um... <laughs> Because of the war crimes I want to commit against the staff. Yes. what you were trying to say. That's what I was saying. I was not making any other commentary. Yep. Uh, next up, Mamapaleaf. What are you going to dress up for as Halloween? Uh, and folks, I just need you to know. Yeah. This is deeply she, offensive. What she did, put a, a fucking apostrophe between... W E and E N on Halloween. Is this ever? I don't know what, what, is this how they do it in Canada? Is this how it's done? It, it feels like old English. Yeah. Is this like an All Hallows Eve type of thing? I don't know. I don't like it. I'm annoyed, and I hope it was Fat Fingers and not. The most disappointing nonsense. thing in all of this, Mama, believe is that it is given. Uh, Jonesy something that can be used to distract everyone from the question, which is Michael, 
Has there been any decorations inside or outside of your home? The question is, what am I going to dress up for Halloween? What kinds of treats are you giving out? And will you decorate the inside or outside of your home? First of all, answer, Luigi. My son is going as Mario, and my dad is going to be going as Bowser. It's going to be cute and awesome and fun. That's one. Two, kind of treats am I giving out? Candy. Who gives a shit? Three, will I decorate the inside or outside of my home? Will I? It has been. It has been. My son has a weird obsession with Halloween that he found himself memorizing the names of the models of decorations at Home Depot, Lowe's, and Spirit Halloween. He said they're sold out of Possessed Penny. That's an animatronic that he has memorized who it is. He, he so yes, we me, have decorations. Told me at one point that the color inside the cauldron is different this year from last year. And I want to be clear that while I'm very on board with some things, uh, I didn't need a six foot skeleton maid sitting inside of my home. But, but here low. we are. Here we are. But low. Parenting. Uh all right. So you really you you really nailed it on that one, Mama Believe, in spite of the apostrophe. Uh next up, looking into the future of MSU football, which number is higher? The number of coaches that leave or the number of players that leave? And the answer players. to this is simple. It's players by a the wide margin. <laughs> uh, next up, Dan Grafe. Uh, so Hauser isn't the chosen one. I he may just be a redshirt freshman. It, like it's okay that a redshirt right. freshman quarterback isn't excellent. He has areas that are easily identified as areas of opportunity, though. Yep. And and given the that the lack of uh, reps and starts that he has that I think it's a fair to say on raw talent alone, is it worth taking a peek at somebody else? Because that's what you need to preserve. That's what you need to hold on to. Yep. This staff needs to like kind of hand off like which one of these guys is it next up from Nate B any other characteristics to look for at a for at head coach. I'd be looking for strong recruiter and developer and most importantly, a winner. You know, Noah Kim didn't lose any games in high school, but like three. Mm-hmm. So he, he was mm-hmm. a winner. Damian Terry, same, same. Yep. We all remember Terry. Um, we could use a little Terry right now. Sure. Uh, is that hope? I I think recruiter develop, recruiter is number one. Developer, you leave to your assistant coaches and you need someone that can sort of like command the ship because these things are getting bigger and more complicated all the time and one of the things that we liked about mel tucker is that it seemed like he was a bit of a ceo that yet did not prove itself to be entirely true but it is something that i look for in a coach in 2023 i guess the one thing i would add though is that what we never got from mel tucker was an identity what do you mean? He, he had was... a 53-page binder. 
about his brand identity, Michael. 53 pages! So, Nate, I, like, I know what D'Antonio stood for. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what he wanted to do. And, and, and as annoying as it was, his defensive philosophy influenced his offensive philosophy. Like, you knew, you knew who we were and what we wanted to accomplish. And so, um, and that could be air raid. Like, it could be the opposite of what D'Antonio wanted. But, like, I need something from this. No one's going to get excited about air raid right now. USC is falling apart actively right now. They could hire just a competent defensive coordinator, but... Scotty Hazleton would be an improvement there. Yeah, maybe. We should make a trade. We should propose an intra-conference trade. Next up from uh, Beth Amaro, I think. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Nice to hear from you, Beth. Please reassure us that you did not even once check the game score while you were at the wedding. Also, how was the cake and who made the couple's wedding toast? Oh, oh, we failed, Beth. Uh, And also, I didn't have any cake and... Uh, the siblings did the toast. It was sort of a toast roast situation. It was lovely. Yeah, it was really well done. It was it yeah. was nice. It was very good. Um, Bound to Win asks, if JJ wins the Heisman, who deserves more credit, Harbaugh or Hazleton? I don't think I don't think JJ's getting credit for this game. Well, he did become the odds on favor to win the Heisman after this game. But I think that was more to do with other happenings in college football than this necessarily. Yeah, I, we said it last week that they will have played this game and still not played anyone. Mm-hmm. So. And finally, from Munfield Keg, great name. I don't have a question because I feel like coming up with a question would involve at least a minuscule investment in this football program. Guys, I was at the 2002 MSU U of M game and we at least took the lead 3-0 to zero before losing 49-3. to three. Uh, This is worse than Bobby. Is this the darkest you've ever seen it? And you were at that Matt Ryan game. Yeah, this is the darkest that I've seen it. But the the reason for it is because we are in a dead period. There is nothing to be done. There's no coach to hire. Like, you just have to sit in your filth. Yep. And, and clearly... And it, it may not be that there was a better answer on staff, but Harlan was not up for this. So the good news, though, we've seen these dark times before. College football is better built for rebounds now than it was before. You don't yeah. have to really do the wait for your coach to bring his guys in, you know, six year plan you know, type of thing. The, uh, the We're old gonna... Tom Anastas, you know, give me until 2094 and I'll have this thing right. Um, with the transfer portal, with all of the other things going on, this team can rebound and rebound fast. And that is a little, I, again, I, I don't know if that's in conflict with what we were talking about before with like, are these guys even actually student athletes at this point uh, with 
name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal and all that stuff. But in terms of performance on the field, it can rebound much faster now than it did in years past. Yeah. Well, Kevin, basketball starts next week. And honestly, I'm still going to watch football. Maybe we'll row the boat this week, Jonesy. Maybe, maybe some people in the national media will get their wish and we'll just, we'll just invite, what's his name from Minnesota, just back with us. He'll just get on the plane. He'll just kind (laughs) of wander across the field at the end. I could, I can, I could never, I've, I could never say row the boat. All right. Go green. Go white. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.